Ariel Hawani's MMA show is presented by Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. Hope you're doing well on this Monday afternoon. We've got another jam-packed edition of DC and Hawani coming your way in a matter of seconds, but I have a confession to make right off the bat. I'm a, I'm a sad person today. I'm a little down. Why? Because last night we watched the final two episodes of The Last Dance. Yes, The Last Dance is over, my friends, but the good news is, the discussion around it hasn't stopped and it probably won't stop for weeks. And also I want to let you all know that there's a bunch of 30 for 30s coming out over the next few Sundays as well, including one on Bruce Lee. So I'm actually feeling a lot better than I thought I was maybe five to 10 seconds ago. Anyway, one place where the discussion won't stop is with my guys, Jalen and Jacoby. Yes, each and every Sunday night immediately following the broadcast, they have talked to my friend, the great director of The Last Dance, Jason Hare, about the behind the scenes making of the documentary series. And it has been great. Must listen for me, must download for me right off the bat. So I've enjoyed it very much. And if you want to get an inside look, at The Last Dance, then I strongly suggest you check it out as well. It's called Jalen and Jacoby, The After Show, and it's presented by State Farm and AT&T. And of course, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life on this Monday, May 18th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. I'm Maria Hawani. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani. Yes, I am Maria Hawani, and that man over there, that's DC, aka Daniel Cormier. Of course, we are presented by our good friends over at Modelo. Modelo, rude for those with a fighting spirit. DC, my man, how are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm back home. I was on this week-long whirlwind of, of the great city of Jacksonville, home of the Jacksonville Giants. When you talk about legacy and winning, you talk about the Jacksonville Giants and the ABA, you speak of the Jacksonville Arena football team that has won national championships in the last three or four years. You want to go into a city that exudes that championship feel, mm-hmm. you go into Jacksonville, baby. And the UFC brought the fire from Jacksonville area. I don't care what you say. I know you loved it. Uh, well, I just, I'm just happy you're back, to be honest, because I was worried sick about you. I was, I didn't want to say it because I don't want to make you feel nervous, but I was worried sick touching all those people, being around those sweaty guys, handshaking, just, I mean, fist bumping the security guards at the arena and all that no, stuff. I was worried you, sick. You saw that one with the guy with the hot dog. I'm like, yeah. Where's the hot dog, sir? Is the concession stand open? I was like, is it open? He's like, it's not open, DC. But he, I mean, bro. Why do you have to touch him, though? That's the thing. Why the excessive touching? Well, sometimes I think like when you're like dealing with people, it's like the human element just kind of takes over. It's like, you know, I don't want to touch him. I didn't want to touch him. But it's like all of a sudden my hand started extending in his direction. And so then we made contact and I didn't regret it. I went to the bathroom, washed my hands. Every time? Every time. Every time you shook one of those guys' hands in the cage, no, you, you washed your hands? No, sanitize. At my table, yeah. I would sanitize. Now, as time has gone on, you know before you're like excessively washing your hands like 50 times a day? 
I have not washed my hands 50 times a day anymore. I wash when I go to the bathroom. Occasionally, I will wash my hands, but I'm not washing it as much as I did on March 20 or March 18th. You've taken your foot off the gas. A little bit. I've, I've, I've gotten a little complacent. That scares me. It scares me that it's starting to feel normal to just be stuck at home. So, but here we are. And it was, it was good. It was fun. I had a great time in Jacksonville. I didn't do anything. I ate DoorDash every day. Um, but I went to the arena. I got to watch some fights. It was good, man. I, I, I just, it was, it was good. Eerie, well, but good. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about as far as uh, the past week is concerned. Number one, uh, I want sure, sure, yeah. Um, I want to. What would you say? The last dance. We oh, the last dance. Yes, it's over. Of course, every yes. Week, every week. Well, we I have to say, much we don't get to talk about the last dance completely. Well, there's two reasons for that. Number one, you're always late. Number two, uh, I mean, this is what our eighth week in a row doing this. Also, the eighth week in a row that you're wearing a different kind of headset situation. Now we've resorted to no headset whatsoever, no earphones. And it's interesting because yesterday, for the first time in our eight-week history, the illustrious eight-week history of the show, I actually got a promo tweet out there. Not only did we get a promo tweet about the show, we got a back in your life as well. I mean, I was like, you know, cause I'll be honest. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on. You know, you're, you're a rich guy. Now you're living the dream over there in Gilroy. I'm like, I don't know if he's really all in, but I saw that tweet on Sunday made my day. I was like, this man is all in. And then today late, no headphones. I'm so, I don't know. Like I'm Ariel. I'm so in on this show. Like this show has now become my, it's, my, this is my baby. This is, this is what's going to make me and you like, I know we've done some great things, but nothing will stand up to what this show is destined to become. and uh, Or has already become, dare I say. Has already become. But, this, hey, we're only, we're only scratching the tip of the iceberg here. You, right. I mean, we have much bigger plans in store for us, you know. I, I would like for, at some point for that flannel shirt of yours yeah. to become a part of everybody's day daily well, wait on the Worldwide Leader. That's what I would. That's what oh, I would. Okay. I thought you meant. For you okay. to have that flannel shirt on or one yeah. of those flannel, those flannel shirts you wear, and uh, it would become a daily part of everybody's lives as you and I uh, sit on TV. That would be that would be, that nice. would be ideal. Now, with that being said, let's get back to Jacksonville. Wait, no, 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 wait. Um, you because it was great. It was a big moment for our show. You were on first take last week. They were playing clips from our show, but <laughs> you believe that the credit said Ari Hawaii. Ari Hawaii show. Listen, I was livid. I was livid. You know, initially I was so excited to be on first take. Yeah, and then it says Ariel Hawani's MMA show. So then when I get off air, I'm losing it. As bad as I gave it to you, I'm just losing my mind. Like, hey, this is not just Ariel's show. This isn't an interview. I feel as though at times you've become so good at your job that people think we're doing an interview every day. We're not doing an interview every week. This is our show. This is our thing. So, But how about the fact that we made it the first take? That, that was, was it. cool, right? Well, you made it. Not so much. The best, thing about, the best thing about first take was that I was talking about fighting, but I also got to talk a little bit about the reopening of the NBA. You know, that excited me a little bit. I got fucked up because then hopefully at some point, you're not the only NBA guy in this show. I can be an NBA guy too. Sure. No, you no, know? of course. Oh, you want sideline action too? No, I don't want to do sideline interviews. No. Too hot down there. People sweating, you know, coaches don't really want to be bothered by you. I got to tell you one thing. The coach does not want to talk to you. When no. you're talking to Doc Rivers and you're geeking out, Doc's like, can I just get back to coaching my team? That's all he wants to do. But 
Yeah, I'll do so. I want, I want, you know, I want this thing to continue to evolve. It would be nice. By the way, I want to give a special uh, happy Victoria Day message to all the Canadians watching today. Today's a national holiday in Canada, Victoria Day. Bro, you, listen, you, listen. You have, you, you have Memorial Day next week. Every single week you try to put some Canadian stuff on the show, man. This, this what are you big, doing, man? This is a big deal, it's Victoria Day. Day. No school today, no work today. I mean, there's never school. There's these no days, school so. ever. That's right. <laughs> there's no school. Kids are not going to go to school anymore. It's like a part of the past. But I feel as a Canadian in, in the limelight, especially living in America, I, I should give a shout out to the people. So, all right, let's get to Jacksonville. You're, you're back. It's a Vic, happy Victorian's Day, he said. No, no, Victoria for Queen Victoria. Okay, t- explain to me what this is because you can't just say, well, uh, <laughs> happy Victoria Day and then just go on. And I believe 1891, the Queen of England, Queen Victoria, passed away on May 24th. Um, and uh, every every year around this time, the second to last, I believe, Monday in May, we uh, <laughs> we celebrate her life. Okay. Well, this is good, right? I'm glad that you kind of know that. Because yeah. the reality is you're not sure. I'm to be honest, I had like, a feeling you would ask me, so I looked it up before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned about it 20 years ago in school, but I had a feeling you would ask me. Why? I'm not sure why? if I gave you the right explanation, to be honest. I know, I'm going to tell, because your face is like, I think on the second to third or the fourth weekend. Like, you're terrified that you're saying this wrong, knowing the platform that we're on. I'd be scared, too, if I'm spewing the, you know, things that I don't know I'm talking about. When you left last Wednesday and there was one more card, were you sad? Were you like, I want to see this through. I want to go all three. But then maybe were you happy when you heard someone like Kevin Holland say, yo, where's DC? Because that kind of, I mean, that has to make you feel good to be wanted, right? You know, you got to leave them. You got to leave them wanting a little more. We've always spoken about this, right? You got to right. leave them a little bit more. Look, the reality is it was like UFC 249 was such a high Coming back down to UFC uh, fight night Smith this year was a little bit different, you know, because, look, man, we do research on every fighter. But the research is not as extensive when the first fight of the night is Sam Alvey, who's fought 20 fights in the UFC versus uh, Ryan Spahn. Ryan Spahn, right, who's now fought in the contender series. It's not as extensive, right? You go find a couple different things because you know these guys. You've seen them as they've been in the UFC. And then you go to, to, to Wednesday night, and there's just guys that you don't recognize. But i got to be honest with you. I thought overall the fights on Wednesday from top to bottom were better. They had some crazy fights on Wednesday. And then I thought Saturday was better than any of them. Yeah. Like Saturday night's fights were probably better than any of the fights that we've had um, during the whole week. I, I understand individual performances were, were great. So who do uh, – Cejudo, Gaethje, um, those guys. But I thought overall for a fight card was that was last weekend was the best one in the three days. The best, except for the wacky judging. I mean, I thought the, the first was out of control. The first four results on the main card, the four results on the main card, I thought the wrong person won. Angela Hill, Cheeto Vera, all those fights, I thought the wrong person won. I Edson Barbosa. I watched those fights right with. Dan Ige's fight, I didn't have as much of a problem with because in that second round when he got dropped, right, he was winning. He was winning that round. I mean, I, it, it's the, you judge the entirety of the round, so I don't agree with that one so much. Third round was still very close, but I thought he won the round. So I thought Dan Ige won. 
Claudia Gadelia, Angela Hill. Very, very close fights. I thought Angela won, but was I extremely disappointed with the result going in the opposite direction? Not necessarily. I thought the Chito Vera fight probably was the one that was most out there. The other ones were super close fights, right? So, like, you could see either person winning. I, I thought Angela Hill did enough to win, though. I thought she did, but I wasn't, like, overly upset because the result went in the opposite direction. So, but, yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. It seemed to be all over the place. But, I mean, that's kind of become the norm for us in fighting. It's not like we're, we're – this is something new. The judging has been bad for a good, a good bit now which is awful. And we'll talk about officiating in a second because that was obviously under the microscope as well. But let's uh, let's stick with Saturday. The main event was a mix of emotions, right? Because how do you not feel for Walt Harris and felt like everyone was pulling for him, even though Overeem's one of the legends of this game and, you know, people really respect him. And he's, you know, about to turn 40 and it's always great. It always feels like a big deal when Overeem fights. But because of what Walt and his family had been through. I think everyone had a soft spot in their heart and it looked like a storybook finish in the first round. Then it seemed like he got really tired in the second. And then obviously Alistair finished him. And then there was that great embrace at the very end on, on the ground where he invites him to train with him and whatnot. It was weird. Cause like, I'm happy for Alistair and you can make a strong case that he's now, you know, should be on a four fight winning streak. If that fight against Jarzinho goes four more seconds. And that was a great comeback when people thought he was done not that long ago and his chin was weak and all that stuff but I still felt really bad for Walt as well. So I, I, I was a little bit torn on Saturday night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it was, it was a situation where you give credit for Walt even being in that position to fight, right? Like that's so difficult. Um, but then the, then ESPN did some fantastic pieces on Walt in his relationship with his daughter and Naya. And it was Walt wanting to honor her through his performances. Um, and I thought that it was great. You know, I thought that that was a great, um, reason for him to be competing. But with that comes, uh, a little bit of pressure, right? And I just hope that Walt didn't have so much emotional connection to the fight that that's what fatigued him because that might have been part of it. And it sucks, you know, because I understand as a guy who's lost a daughter, right? Although my daughter was very young, how much of a toll that takes on you physically and emotionally. So for Walt to be back in there competing, you know, that was great. But I don't know if maybe, you know, that storybook ending that, that, um, that, oh my goodness, I'm going to knock out Alistair Overeem after going through all this didn't like, exhaust him like oh it's happening it, it can be right. exhausting carrying all that emotional weight and carrying the physical weight and also fighting one of the best fighters in the world and in the history of mixed martial arts so i thought he started well but i mean you could not be held you couldn't help but be rooting for him and i'm telling you man i was hoping the ref would have stopped the fight i was like and i like alistair but i was just hoping that he could have that moment you know where he could just you know like i know it would have felt like a, a weight lifted off of his shoulder if he won the fight, you know, and was able to dedicate it to his daughter. But I think that was a harsh reminder that life isn't a fairy tale. And um, no matter how much the world or people want for you to have success in these types of situations, it doesn't always work out like that, you know. So sad, but, you know, hats off to Walt 
for being so courageous and putting himself on display in such a tough time for him and his family. Yeah, yeah. he handled it so well, right? I mean, leading up to it, he had to talk about it so much, and afterwards he handled it well. That's the hardest thing, just talking about it all the time, especially when it's so fresh. Like, it being so fresh, talking about that, Ariel, like, that's crazy. Like, do you think I'm – but do you think, like, I'm a little bit off base in regards to that with the emotional baggage maybe played a part in the fatigue or – well, I mean, it as just you mentioned, like more tired than he usually does. As you mentioned, I mean, you can sympathize with him uh, more so than many, right? I mean, you know what it's like um, to to lose a child, and I can't imagine. Uh, his was fresher. She was, you know, she was a lot older, so he had those memories with her, and it was just so horrific. And I, honestly, I was surprised that he wanted to come back in April initially but hey if that's what he needs to do like who are we to tell him otherwise and it seemed i was you know really looking at him his body language his face um his reactions when he was walking out to the cage i thought in that moment we would get a sense for how he's feeling because you know again i don't have to tell you but the walk to the cage is an emotional one for you guys because i feel like all the 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 motions and the, the the trials and tribulations of the training camp and you're going in there with another human being in a cage it's a lot to handle here he is walking in an empty arena he's probably thinking about his daughter but he was smiling he was in good spirits and then the fight starts amazingly well I don't know if he gasses because of the pressure he put on himself or because he was just gassed out he, I mean he was really pouring it on him spoke to Overeem earlier he said he felt like he was a little bit out of shape. Um, and so that's for Walt to address himself. But it lo- I mean, you could make a you could have made a strong case for it stopping. And I don't know if a lot of people would have argued with that on this one. You well, know if, what I mean? if you got if you if you got the official, I mean, Alistair took. Oh, I don't really want to say this because it's going to be like because I'm not trying to. But Alistair took more damage than Cruz did hmm. in the title fight, right? Like. Alistair took more extended damage than Dom had to, which is, which is just, again, it just shows the ups and downs and the differences in officials and the differences in the judges and everything. It just shows like, um, it just shows like the differences in the way that people approach, uh, doing these fights. Alistair has four more fights on his contract. He told me earlier today that he wants to finish them out. When he gets done with those four fights, He'll have 96 fights on his resume, including kickboxing as well. Is Alistair Overeem, in your opinion, a threat once again in the heavyweight division? Like, does he have a run left in him? Or do you think he'll be, you know, kind of the sort of guy who will fight like the Derek Lewis's of the world? You know, top guys, but won't get past that level. I think Alistair Overeem is very good still. I think Alistair Overeem will struggle when he gets to the very elite. because. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a time where he has to fight Francis again where it's going to change. You know, like, I don't know if he fights uh, Alexander Volkov and the result is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that I think that those championship days, while they can be recreated, he just turned 40, um, it's hard to build back up to that title fight with an extended run. You know, I'm 41 years old. Right, and I'm fighting for the belt. If I was having to build back up, I don't even know if I could do that. If mm-hmm. I'm being honest with you, I don't know if I could go through three contenders in order to get a title shot. I just don't know. But I do know that on one night you can still go and win a fight. So if you tell me Alistair's fighting for the belt next, maybe he might become the champion. But does he have that run in him 
to get back to the top. I think there's going to be a hiccup along the way, and then it just it sets you back. And when you're older, you can't have setbacks. That's what the Rosa Strike thing did. Because if he yeah. wouldn't have lost the Rosa Strike, he'd be right. Like he'd be one of those guys that you're like, man, well, is Alistair Overeem ready again for a title shot? Like, so I think that he'll he'll do fine. But I just think that there'll be hiccups along the way that will deter him from getting back to uh, fighting for the championship. Yeah, he says he wants to fight Rosenstrike again. Uh, I don't hate that idea. Usually they don't run him back that quickly. He was winning that fight. Right, but he was easily winning the fight. Right. But people can't remember the end result. You know, his lip all jacked up, him getting knocked out. Like, for unfortunate as it was, for as dominant as he was, and I'm not talking like he just killed Rosenstrike, but he was winning 24 minutes of the fight. Like, Jairzinho didn't do much at all outside of that flurry at the end. So, um I, I, I think them fighting will be good, but also, uh, you know, maybe Volk, I mean, Volkov's got Curtis Blades, but, you know, it's just a rough. Derek Lewis, not a bad one. Derek Lewis, not a bad one. All those guys in the top 10. I mean, all those guys in the top 10. Okay. So Saturday's main event ended without controversy. Wednesday's main event had a lot of controversy surrounding it. Here we are five or so days removed. Anthony Smith, Glover Teixeira, Teixeira wins. Another 40-year-old looking really good as of late. He's on some kind of run. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about it now? Because I was fired up. I know Chael was fired up. I know you were fired up. Bisping was fired up. Paul Felder was fired up. The community was fired up. Blaming Anthony Smith's corner, saying they should have stopped it sooner, maybe in the fourth, definitely in the fifth. Blaming the referee, Jason Herzog, who has come out since and posted a statement owning up to it, saying he's going to do better. Now, days removed. Do you feel like this was as bad as we thought it was back on Wednesday night? I think a lot of times when when we do these fights or we do these things, the emotion in the moment is your true emotion. You can't walk them back. I, I don't like when people walk back their comments, right? Like, you think that you should walk back the way you felt on Wednesday, Ariel? No, I don't. I feel the exact same. Absolutely, and I do too. I mean – you but sometimes to, you do get a little heated in the moment, so no, maybe you exaggerate. This one, but this one wasn't. This one wasn't an over exaggeration. It was what it was. Anthony Smith took too much damage, and part of the reason people want to walk their comments back is because Anthony has come out and pretty much excused his cornerman and excused everybody for uh, what they didn't do. But you know, Anthony now has probably watched the fight, but he wasn't watching the fight from the the side when it was happening where he can remove himself from it a little bit. But, like, when he was in there, he was just getting beat. Like, and I thought the reason I said was stop the fight. There's a number of reasons. But my biggest factors were this. One, he wasn't going to win the fight, right? By the third round, you saw Glover was winning that fight. There was nothing Anthony was going to do to change it. Two, Fighters go on confidence. We go on this. This is what makes you go back out there whenever you're exhausted or you're tired or you lost around and you got hurt. That confidence, your mind makes you go out there. There's something to not getting finished, right? There's something to, especially in those situations. I've been finished twice in my career, right? But it wasn't me getting sustained beating over 10 minutes. Um, if 10 minutes goes by, I'm doing nothing. I would expect Bob Cook to throw the towel in, and I would love him all the same because he protects me and allows me to go forward to try and regain that confidence that I had before. 
So you wouldn't get I, mad at him? You wouldn't say you're fired? You wouldn't say we're done? No How way. dare you? If I'm taking the beating that Anthony Smith was taking yeah. for 10 sustained minutes, two 10-8 rounds back-to-back, if they gave 10-7s in MMA, those were the definition of 10-7 rounds, right? Like mm. in a boxing fight, like uh, Manny Pacquiao fought. Uh, who's the guy that knocked him out flat on his stomach? Uh, Ricky Hatton? No, no, the the, the Mexican guy. Oh, that, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. Juan Manuel Marquez, right? He dropped him three times one fight, and he got a 10-7 round, and then it became a draw because Manuel Marquez fought so well coming down the stretch. That was like a 10-7 round if they scored that in MMA. That's how bad those rounds were. And I would not be bad for mad at Bob for saving me under those circumstances. Hmm. Because, again, it allows you to – then you don't get finished. For as bad as you got beat up, you don't get finished. You don't have – the referee doesn't have to pull the guy off of you. And I think they could have saved Anthony from that because nothing was going to change in that fifth round. Like, <laughs> I'm telling Anthony, like, go for broke, but it's like even him going for broke after taking that type of beating, he could have hit – Glover could have put his hands down and took one right on the chin and it still wouldn't have affected him. He was too tired. He was too beat up. So I, I think there was something to not letting him get finished. You know, I've had conversations with those guys since. Right, I the corner. Yes, I have, and I'm not going to share what we spoke about. Why not? Just because, man. That's personal. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. personal. And uh, you got, I respect those guys tremendously. I always have. I think they're phenomenal. I just thought that in that fight was where uh, things got a little messed up. And and I don't know who the call was on to stop the fight. I don't know if it was on Mark Montoya. I don't know if it was it it, it was on James Krause. I don't know who the fight. I don't know who was on to stop the fight. Um. Here's what I don't understand. Why is there this culture in MMA that it's taboo? I know what you just said about Bob Cook, but honestly, most fighters wouldn't say that. Oh, you better not stop this fight. Let me go out on my shield. But in boxing, it's okay. Boxing, it's – why is that? You just that, no, Ariel, we spoke about this, and like Tyson Fury is yeah. beating on Deontay Wilder for $10 million, yeah. right? $15 million. Biggest boxing fight we had in a long time. What did Deontay Wilder's corner do, Ariel? Threw in the towel. They stop the fight because they yeah. protect their fighter. Right. I, mean, I think MMA is like – I think MMA is it, – it's weird, man. Like, And then you know what's kind of messed up about this Anthony Smith thing? He's like, let me go out on my shield. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then Anthony Smith is a guy that I love. He's, he's one of the smartest guys, tremendous guy, really nice. But then you have his enemies piling on, right? Like they're piling on. Like, you know – they're piling on, and, and Jones. I think Jones even said something at the end of the fight. But like, um, Jones is t- making fun of him, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the stuff about his family and the the house. I mean, no, no, this, not even, this not is even. as low as it gets from John Jones. Let me just say, it is despicable to joke about that. John, stop it already. I know you like the reaction from the people, but please stop it with these tweets about his family and and the burglary. It's getting very hard to defend you when you tweet things like that. It really bothers me. It really bothers me. Fight, right when he was like. You're talking about beating me up, and these guys always want to look to the throne and all that. Like, hey, Anthony Smith did him a favor by not laying down and taking the belt, which to me, honestly. I said he should have taken it. I mean, I get the whole I want to go out on my shield, but sometimes MMA fighters are too tough because now he did Jones that favor by not laying down whenever Jones gave him that illegal knee or whatever it was. And I think he he, could have fought Jones back and shared it on the pay-per-view. He yep. made more money. Yep. He would have, you know, he, there would have been a lot of things that he would have gained from that, and he did the honorable thing. 
And I think right now he's doing the same thing with the coaches and everybody else. He wants to always do the honorable thing. And at times you can't do the honorable thing, man. Like, because eventually it comes back to bite you. Because now, you know, he gets beat and Jones is making fun of him, which is what he would do. John right? Jones should never speak a negative thing about Anthony Smith until his last days. Well, Anthony he, Smith he, did him a massive favor. A favor, right? A huge so, favor. When, and, and yeah, so like, it's just, it's just a, I think Anthony needs to really address his team in the way they're going to approach these things if something like that ever arises again. You know, my big, and again, my gripe wasn't with, look, the stoppage I thought could have happened. I thought Jason Herzog, who gives an, an apology for what? What are you apologizing for? Well, no, no, listen. It wasn't what a good you, job. Why not apologize? No, you're crazy, Ariel. If I'm fighting, when yeah. I'm in the the ref tells me, DC, if you find yourself in trouble, I'm going to give you a verbal command. You have to follow it and show me that you're still there and you're right. going to do something and you still want to be in this fight. So when Glover Teixeira is beating up on Anthony Smith and Herzog goes, you got to show me something, Anthony. And Anthony shrimps and pushes him away or he pulls him back in tight to hold him or he turns and changes position. That's showing that official that the fight should keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm being that the- enough. That is exactly, but that is exactly as your instructed area. I'm telling you this as an athlete that's been told you have to move. When I tell you move, if I say I'm going to stop this fight if you don't move, then you do that. The ref can't stop the fight. It's mm-hmm. what he's supposed to do. So Herzog's apologizing. I, I mean, I understand the guy got beat for a long time after he was already, you know, technically out of the fight. But when Jason Herzog tells the ref, when he tells you, Anthony, you got to move, and Anthony Shields takes his knee, makes a frame, pushes the head away, and does exactly what you're taught to do, great. Now, in those moments where Glover's in the mouth and he's just pounding him, and Herzog is getting in close, getting in close, and goes, you got to move, Anthony, and Anthony shoves the knee to put him back in half guard, he's doing exactly what the referee's instructing him to do. So it's showing that he's still there. So I didn't have as much of a problem with Herzog. I thought, I thought you know, there were times where he could have stopped the fight, obviously, but Anthony was showing him what he needed to show him in order to continue to fight. I think you – but, again, that's him being a tough guy, right, not wanting to quit. Some guys well, just – sometimes later. you have to save the fighters from themselves, right? That's why the corner's there. And that's where the corner comes into right. play. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm throwing the towel over the top of the cage. Nick, they, Nick Diaz threw the towel in when Josh Thompson kicked his brother in the head. Yeah. And people missed that, right, because yep. the, the ref jumped in. But Nick threw the towel in. He's going to protect his little brother. Right. Right. It's like, because he knew dude's in trouble. And that wasn't even a sustained damage that, that Nate was taking from Josh. Josh was just moving around and hitting him, and Nate wasn't able to find him. That was it. And that was, you think Nate Diaz hates his brother for it? No. He's not mad at him. So I think you got to protect the fighter there. I, I didn't have as much of a problem with Herzog. What I did have a problem with is him listening to the public enough to feel that he has to make an apology. If you're a referee, you have to be willing to just block all that out and do your job to the best of your ability. All right, let's take a quick pause in the action here because we've got to pay some bills, DC. we got to tell the people out there about our good friends over at Modelo Especial. We love Modelo because they're friends of the program. As you know, Modelo is brewed for those with a fighting spirit. That's why they're the official beer of UFC and also why they partner with the likes of double champ Amanda Nunes. She's got the fighting spirit, which means never giving up, even when the odds are against you. To be a great fighter... 
It doesn't matter where you come from, it matters what you're made of. Same can be said for great beers. Modelo has been the gold standard since 1925. Modelo is a crisp Pilsner-style lager that set the gold standard for the authentic Mexican beer that we all love and enjoy today. Modelo uses premium hops to give the golden lager its crisp taste. So, next time you're tuning into a big UFC fight, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner, Modelo. Modelo Especial. Rude for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Tip one back. Tip yeah, back Modelo. Right. You know, just tip that's one right. back while you're watching the fight, man. That's right. By the way, uh, speaking of watching, you know, we talk, you know, sometimes these days I don't like to talk to you a lot on the phone <laughs> because I feel like, you know, we, we ruined some of the stuff that's about to come out on the show, but we did speak multiple times last week, uh, truth be told. And I learned something about you that I'm just blown away by that I can't stop thinking about. You said while you were in Jacksonville, you've been, you ordered a lot of food and you stayed in your room, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What did you do when you were in your room? I played video games. No. What did you watch? Oh, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> You're watching a show from 1961 about like some country folk moving to Beverly Hills, the Beverly Hillbillies. Now, one of the all-time great shows, why in the world, with all the great things available to us on all the different platforms, are you watching a black and white show with a laugh track what is going i'm listen i'm 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 talking to you i'm like what is that in the background you're like oh i'm watching beverly hillbilly's marathon I'm like what are you 78 years old what is going on here <laughs> what is happening who watches the beverly hillbillies in 2020 please explain this to me i've got to be honest i did kind of look for the colored version because i vaguely remember what the color after a while i was like man can i find the colored version of this show but Damn it, I've been watching the Beverly Hillbillies. The Beverly Hillbillies? What prompted you to seek that show out? No, I didn't seek it out. Let's just get this clear. Okay. I'm going through Hulu, and I was like, oh, I remember the Beverly Hillbillies. I was like, I I wonder if this is funny to me today as it was when I was a kid. You know, like, it was on free TV. Like, in Louisiana, you get Channel 3, you get Channel 10, and you get 15 on the tuners, right? You didn't even have to have cable for that because we never really had cable. Beverly Hillbills was always on. So I was like, let me see if this is as funny to me today as it was back then. And guess what? It's even funnier. No way. There's no it chance. Is the funniest, it is the funniest show. Jeff <laughs> Rowe, uh, Jed, uh, uh, what's the lady's name? Granny and uh, Ellie is- May. And Ellie May. It's, the, it's so funny, bro. Like, I watch it all day long. If I'm not playing video games, I'm watching the Beverly Hillbillies, and I'm telling you right now, I have not watched anything in 2000, between 2018 to 2020 that has entertained me more than the Beverly Hillbillies. Why'd you choose 2018? Because I started watching Game of Thrones back then. And I'm I'm trying to, like, encompass the fact that I don't watch Game of Thrones. This is much better. Really? This is one of the greatest shows in television history, man. You have to go watch a few episodes. Go watch How many episodes, episodes have you watched over the past week? There's there's 32 episode seasons, bro. This season's now like 10 episodes. The Beverly Hillbillies have 32 episodes a season. Someone's season one episode 20 at this point. That's not bad. You have to watch the very first episode, though. Jed has no idea 
that he struck oil and now he's rich. It's the funniest thing in the world. They don't know anything, bro. They went on an airplane the other day for the first time. They thought they were on a bus. The they other day. Bus. 70 was, years ago. It was the best. It's the, it, I'm telling you, dude, you would love the Beverly Hillbills. I'm telling you, you'd love I it. Just, I was shocked. All the things available to us, that's what you're watching. I mean, I kind of respect it. I just hadn't heard of the Beverly Hillbillies and so on. There was a remake, I think, a film remake. Oh, Remember that? It's Don't awesome. Yes. Don't watch the remake. Watch the original Beverly Hillbillies on Hulu. Watch episode 10 when they went back to the cabin after they had left Beverly Hills when they're on the airplane for the first time. Dude, it's, it's the funniest thing in the world because they're so backwoods. And I think maybe I know people like that. Yes. So it's like, it just like reminds me of it. I'm like, wow, this is crazy because it's the truth. And then you, then you come home. When did you come home? Uh, Thursday, right? Thursday. I got home Thursday. You call me at like 8.30 a.m. on Friday, Back which is 5.30 on the West Coast. I'm like, why? I thought like something had happened, you know? <laughs> what do you do? You're playing NBA 2K yes. at like 5.36 a.m. So, you, you, so, so what you're doing right now is you're painting me as a loser, and I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> I don't like what you're doing right now. <laughs> no, no, stop. What you're doing right now you're as a loser. You're, what are you doing? doing? <laughs> what you're doing? Don't think I don't see this. I, I don't like what you're doing. What? You're playing online. Who are you playing online with? Some random dude, dude. I play online. Like, I just play random dude. And then, like, I'll hear yeah. the headsets. They're like, wait. DC MMA, Daniel Cormier. I just hear him talking to me through my TV without actually talking back. Because your I'm, name is what? Can you say your name or is that bad? For MMA because it's a problem. DC oh, underscore. Uh, Why would you pick your name? Sometimes, bro, I like lose because I had no intention of like playing online, right? I was going to just kind of play my game in my house. And then my nephew, Jamel, introduced me to like more online gaming and I fell in love. But then I did this. I'm starting to play this game called The Division. I put my username on Twitter. I'm like, people play with me. It's four-player co-op. I've got thousands of friend requests now that I can't go through. And then people on Twitter are like, DC, you still haven't added me. I was like, this kind of went way sideways, and I can't add you because I don't know where your name is in all these friend requests. It's awful. So are you playing you're playing you're playing 2K NBA 2K and there's like some 12-year-old kid in Cincinnati who's talking to you talking trash? Cussing at me the whole time. Cuss at me, man. Sometimes the one line cuss at me really bad. Like, really bad. They Are you cuss. cussing at them too? I used to cuss at them. I don't cuss anymore because I, I, you know, when I back in like 2011, when me and Selena lived in our little apartment, I had a headset and I would just cuss at these people. And then one day she walked in and goes, "What is wrong with you? Do you understand that you may be talking to someone's kid?" And she just laughed at me, man. And I felt so, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, and, and, and I, so I've kind of, like, laid back on the cussing at those, those people. Okay, but you do interact. Like, I could be some random schmo, and all of a sudden I'm playing really with Daniel Cormier. That much. Like, if, if, if the guy's, like, nice, right? If it's a nice guy, and we're playing, and at the end of it, I may put my headset on and goes, hey, man, you know, good playing the game with you, and uh, I appreciate a good game, and that's it. Wow, that is wild. I don't, I don't like – I don't like uh, – I don't like uh, – I don't really talk all that much just because it, it turns into an interview. And I mean, I'm not trying to do an interview every single day of my life or every week of my life. So like, <laughs> let me just, let's just get this correct. Okay. 
Sort of like what we're doing right like now. Every freaking week. Like, like they try to pretend we do every week. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> um, all right. Well, and look, listen, it looks like it's been a very relaxing time with the Beverly Hillbillies and the, uh, the so 2K playing, you know? I played so many. Last, I started playing NBA 2K right at the beginning of quarantine. And my record at this point in like two months is 72 and – now seventy two and forty two. So I played over a hundred games of wow. NBA two K during quarantine, bro. I got addicted. Like I've got a very addictive personality. Selena walks past me. She goes, "Playing video games again." <laughs> <laughs> That's your what? <laughs> you you ain't got nothing better to do with yourself. <laughs> you got nothing better to do with this other play video games all day. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You get so bad, and your kids are out there. By the way, was she okay? Was your wife okay with you telling the world that she was pregnant a couple weeks ago on, on the show? The show? Yeah, she was fine. She, was fine. she oh, didn't God. say anything. She just kind of like she. You know, I still haven't seen my kids since I got back from Jacksonville. Why? Oh, they've been staying at our old house. Like, <laughs> you know what happened today? Like, they came back for school because at the old house, the internet's not up. Oh, they went in through the office door and still haven't said hi to me. They're just in the house, but not in the house. Why? They don't want. They're scared of Corona, man. My wife is the most scared person of Corona in the world. Like in the so world, you're, you're now living in separate houses. We're living in separate houses. It's so me, when? Tyler, and Tiago, and my wife and kids are at the other house because she wanted to be at the house with the pool. What's going um, on here? I don't have a towel to do. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A sweatshirt? It's a sweatshirt. That's what you use now. Well, I don't have a towel. Like my right. towel, I didn't bring one. I, didn't. I do feel I do feel a little dirty talking to you because right before the show, people don't know you opened ah. up a package. You opened up a package in front of me, and you took that shirt out that you're wearing without washing it first, which is like my biggest pet peeve. It's so weird that you wash everything, like you chemicals, wash everything before you wear everything. Jake Lebowitz, corporate Jake, corporate Jake told me. And I agree, there's no better feeling in the world than taking a brand new t-shirt, a sweat top, and putting it oh. on your body right out of the package. It is the best thing in the world. I'd like, rather die. Come on. Yes. That's so final. Like, you just like, it's like you just say things that are so ridiculous sometimes. I don't get it, Listen, man. Listen, my father worked in the textile business for like 50 years. He told me the chemicals that they put in those things, the people touching them, especially now. First of all, you were opening up a package without any gloves. Let's just let's just address that one right off the bat. Listen, listen. listen. And then you put the shirt on from the package. I mean, the amount of germs that are on you right now. I'm just all corona out. Like, oh. I'm just corona out. Or just. I received a package from one of my friends from Oklahoma, Zach Esposito, and you know, him and his wife, Brandy, they take care of everything. They probably sanitize, sent it over to my house. It's fine. I trust them. Just I a little care package from Oklahoma? A little care package from Oklahoma State, you know. The great state university of Oklahoma, you know. <laughs> the best university in the country, but it's fine. You know, it's By the way, how how long are you going to be away from your family for now? So I took another corona test on Friday. Oh. And this one was bad. And I get my results today. So as soon as I get my results... Hopefully her and the kids come home, you know, okay. I, I just want to make sure, you know, we're, we have to be careful, especially in this time. Sure. I got tested. <laughs> my, my teammates got my teammate, Tiago got tested and Tyler nutritious. We all got tested on Friday. And by the way, uh, one swab and, uh, the swab test and yeah. uh, blood. Oh, geez. So you've now done it three times the swab. 
Twice. Twice. Yeah. Oh, twice. Brutal. Uh, by the way, want to want to uh, send our best, and and I know you have done so personally, but want to do it on the program to uh, the Nurmagomedov family. Hopefully, uh, Abdul Manap feels better, and hoping yeah. that he makes a speedy recovery. Yeah, man. You know, it's just it's just a sad time for the champ and his family, and you know, we never know what uh, life is going to deal us. And right now, you know, the Nurmagomedov family is dealing with something very difficult. With, 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 with father. He calls him father all the time. But I know that Habib's dad is one of the strongest people in the world and he's going to fight, fight to be there for his son and his grandkids and his family. And I'm just hoping that he does okay. You know, he's a strong yeah. man. Like he's a really, really strong man. Like if you don't know him personally, Habib's father is, is one of the strongest human beings that you've ever met. I, I, I was at the ultimate fighter gym one time. And his dad grabbed me to wrestle with me, right? And he threw me down. So him and I started trying to tussling around a few years ago. And then Habib goes, DZ, this guy really tried to win. And then I realized his dad was actually trying to beat me. Like, he's not just wrestling with you to play around. Like, he's he's the real deal, man. And uh, I hope the champ and his family uh, get through this and feel good. Amen. Uh, I have to ask you, what do you make of this since we just spoke about him? Uh, this John Jones, Francis Ngannou stuff. Do you believe that John really wants to move up to heavyweight? And and if so, do you think he has a chance at beating Francis? I think, first off, you know, I'm quick to insult Jones. Mm. I will insult Jones on any day of the week, but I'm also, I will also give him credit where credit is due. And I truly believe that this Francis Ngannou thing is one of the most gangster things in the world. Like, why would you be afraid of anyone? Especially... If you're a guy that has the accomplishments of John Jones, why? That That's the thing that I don't get, right? When people say me or John Jones and that we're afraid of somebody. It's the most asinine thing in the world. Like, we're not afraid of anyone. And I think that this Jones thing is it's cool. Like, he's like, okay, you want to fight? Let's do it. Like, And that's what any person in the world, a true fighter, would do. And I think that's a... Uh, I think hats off to Jones. Just like you believe him though, because Dana seemed a little skeptical at the post fight press conference. He's like, eh, I don't know, you know, not saying it's this particular case, but you know, sometimes guys go back and forth. And let's be honest, John teased us about moving up in the past. He teased us about going up to fight Stipe before you fought him um, the second time, and he had already uh, had a fight booked with Tiago Santos. Man, listen, if you go publicly and say that, right? Like, how many times? If it proves that he's not willing to fight in Ghana, then now you stop taking. Look, man, I take, sadly, I take people at face value. He's publicly going, sure, I'll fight you, whatever. I know when I was asked the question, I am 100% certain that I would fight him. So if I see another guy doing it, especially a guy that's accomplished what he's accomplished, I'm like, you know, hats off to you. Like, why would any, because I just don't get why people would think that somebody of that level or of my level is afraid of anyone. I think it's the craziest thing in the world. Like, you're scared of Francis, sorry. I'm like, no, nobody's scared. Like, Jarzinho Rosenstrike was not scared, bro. Like, Alistair Overeem was not scared. JDS was not scared. Velasquez was not scared. Sure, they lost the fight. But these guys are not scared. Fighters right. are built different. I yep. think you're scared. Like, the pro- the public, the person that's telling me that oh. person. No, I'm saying that person's scared. The person that's saying, oh, you're scared. No, you're scared. I'm not. Because I'm different, and he's different, 
and Kane and Junior and whoever have lost to him, Steve A. Miocic, we're all built different than you. That's why we fight in an octagon. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you guys possess awesome. DNA that I can never fathom mm-hmm. having in my body, courage that I can never fathom having in my body. Walking into a cage with another human being with literally nothing more than four ounce gloves, and that's not really all that much, let's be <laughs> honest, is, is incredible to me. Now, I've talked to two people who, okay, I talked to Glover who fought Jones. I talked to Alistair who fought Nganu. Both say that John could beat him and like his chances. What do you think? Bro, God, you're good. I like Francis, you know, a lot, but again, there's a lot of things that he does that aren't technically, he's, you would never consider him a technical striker. And if you're able to get off an angle, right? Like I've noticed one thing about guys when Francis starts to go downhill, he's hell on wheels. Yeah. But guys back straight up. If you cut an angle, right? Mio just did a good job of cutting angles. You know what else Stipe did to him? Stipe was able to, Stipe was able to get Francis to engage. He would fade back and then he would just clock him in the face as hard as he could. And even though he didn't drop Francis, he would clock him in the face. So Francis had to start respecting him and then he would take him down. And I think if you can gather some respect, it would be easier to deal with. But it takes respect. Like you got to get some respect. And I, I do believe that in that fight, Francis can knock him out. Like if he hits him, and Jones can be hit. Like let's not be crazy and think Jones can't be hit. But Jones very he's very evasive. He's very smart in there. And uh good chin too. He's taking he's some big shots. Chin. We've hit him. I've hit him hard. Like I've hit yeah. that dude hard a lot of times. Um, if he can't knock him out, though, there's no way he beats him over 25 minutes. I just wait. I so you're saying if Francis can't knock out Jones, Jones wins via decision. He, he wins a fight, and I think I think Dominic Reyes has the best chance because he's he's right now because he's athletic, mm-hmm. he's big, and and if he just had a little more cardio in that last fight, I think he would have won the fight. But um. Yeah, I, if if I was picking a favorite between Jones and Francis right now, I figure with the mind of Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson, they would figure out some sort of way to survive the early part of the fight. And then the threat goes from hurricane, category five hurricane to category three hurricane over the course of five minutes. So uh, I'm curious how much he'd weigh in that fight. Jones? Yeah. I don't know, 240, 235. Oh, really? I was thinking like 220. Just be mm-hmm. super light. No, I think that's too small. If you if you fight a big guy like that and you're 220 and you're weighing, you're hang, they hang on you. You notice Ovid St. Cruz starting to deal with Ben Rothwell's weight. Mm-hmm. And even though he wasn't getting hit very much, he was just getting they're, – they're so heavy, right? The heavyweights are so heavy. That's why I love fighting the guys that aren't as big. Like, Stipe's not all that big. So it's not really all that scary because he's not just the biggest guy. Mm. By the way, speaking of Francis, I don't know if you saw, but uh, had a chance to speak to uh, Mark Calloway last Wednesday, a.k.a. The Undertaker, the legend, finally (laughs) revealed what the whole thing with Brock Lesnar was all about. Ten years, I swear to God. Oh, you want to do it? You want to do it? UFC 121. What a moment. But at the end of the interview or the conversation, his connection got really bad towards the end. So we didn't include this, but he was really disappointed that we didn't talk MMA. He's a massive UFC fan. Like this was on Wednesday of last week. So he wanted to talk about Gaethje and Cejudo and he was rifling off a bunch of stuff. And then he says at the very end, tell your boy DC 
not to be afraid of Nganu. Go up against the cage, double leg that guy. He got this. He wanted to send a message to, quote, unquote, my boy DC. Mark Calloway, the Undertaker himself. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. So the Undertaker knows who I am? He knows who you are. (laughs) Undertaker knows who I am. (laughs) Have you ever met him? I made it. Let me think. I made it, Ariel. The Undertaker knows who I am? I made it. Yes. You ever meet him? Never met him. Clearly. I wish uh, I have. What a week for you. Jake the Snake knows who you are. The Undertaker knows who you are. Did you see? Yeah, Jake the Snake, The Undertaker. Yeah, but I mean, I just think, honestly, like, about what he said, you know, I know we're not, nobody's going to be like, oh, Undertaker is this great MMA mind. The reality is, man, that's you have to withstand the, the barrage. And that's much easier said than done against someone like Francis Ngannou. Yeah. But if you can withstand the barrage, man, you got a chance. And – I think with the mental makeup that I have, the mental makeup that Jones has, um, I think they can survive that. At Rush. Stipe Miocic, right? The mental and toughness of Stipe, that's how he was able to survive the, that whole that onslaught. A uh, quick pause in the action. We have two sponsors this week. Another to see, one? Believe it or not. Uh, my good friends over at Ancestry DNA. I don't know if you know about Ancestry, but uh, your boy, Violent Bob Ross, uh, Luis Pena used Ancestry to find his family, oh, believe it yep. or not. Yep. Oh. It's a crazy thing. So an Ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from. And Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origin and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them, giving you insightful geographic detail about your history. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. It's easy to start making discoveries with Ancestry. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries today. Spit in the little thing, send it off, and voila, you know all about your family's history. So start exploring your family story today. Head to our URL at Ancestry.com slash MMA to get your Ancestry DNA kit. Start your free trial now. That's Ancestry.com slash MMA. Once again, that's Ancestry.com slash MMA. Please support them because they support us. They're good people over there, D.C., they are. I mean, they are. Yeah. there's a lot of people. I know. I know a lot of people that have used ancestry.com to get in contact with their their family. And a lot of times, when you're from different types of situations, there are a lot of questions in regards to your ties to, to people. And ancestry.com is a way to really answer a lot of those questions without without it being very difficult. You know, back in the day, if you wanted to know, some people, you know, don't know who their father is. Like, right? Like, Violent Bob Ross didn't know who his father was. Right. He would have had to have gone to someone that knew his dad in the past and asked, do you know so-and-so? I think he may be my dad. Well, he doesn't have to even experience that anymore because then you just spit in the thing, send it off, and then you find out. Now, let me ask you about this, DC. And thank you for that. That was a nice uh, endorsement on your part. I appreciate it. Very well very well done on your part. Um, Late last week. You know, Ariel. There's yes. a few men. I'm pretty good at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just stuff. I'm good at stuff. You're the cheat code, right? I am a cheat code. That's crazy how I am a cheat code. I'm a that cheat be, code. That's mind, not become a thing. It's become a thing. My mind is so strong for fighting that, uh, that yeah, I got to be careful with the way I use it. 
I feel like no one has had a better quarantine life than you. I mean, you have been one of the stars of the quarantine days. I mean, this new gym that you got, you're listening to Whitney Houston on a, on a Sunday. You've become- That's Mariah Carey, bro. Oh, that was God. Mariah Carey. What the, that was Mariah Carey. <laughs> that was Mariah Carey. It was Mariah Carey. What song was it? It's Emotion. That was Mariah Carey? Well, then I ever before. Oh, 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 got me feeling emotion. I had no idea. Come on, man. You know that song. Damn, I'm actually embarrassed right now. I do know you that song. You should be. You should be. I felt like a- you double down on it. I Normally, know. I would call you and tell you, "Hey, dude, that's the wrong person." But I wanted to wait to get <laughs> it on the show, like you do with me every week. And I was so proud of myself. I actually thought that I was making a lot of advancements, no. uh, you know, with the African American community since I've teamed up with you. No. And now I feel like I've taken two steps back. You're taking two steps back. You tried to give a black woman a mixed black woman's credit. Like that's not fair, man. Oh, right? Gosh. You gotta, you gotta give Mariah Carey due. I was be- getting a lot of DMs and stuff. People were saying, you know, my brother, I, you know, I like what you're doing with Brother DC. I really felt. I'm, t- I'm giving you, I'm, you getting street cred from, listen, you getting street cred from a person that most people don't consider to have much street cred. <laughs> what? Me? Or you? Oh, you? Why? <laughs> they wouldn't go like, yo, DC, you're from the streets anymore. <laughs> But you're taking your street cred from me, so good luck with that. Hey, it's better than nothing, I'll say. Uh, hey, speaking of cred, uh, Justin, you see, wow, what a transition that was. Justin Gaethje saying last week to Brett yeah. Okamoto, Conor McGregor has lost his clout with the fighters. Now, people ask me this, I'm not a fighter. Is this a nonsense statement? What does that even mean, lost his clout with, his, with the fighters? What does that even mean? Every single fighter would fight Conor McGregor right now. And Justin Gaethje would, too. Yes, exactly. But just to be honest, like and Justin Gaethje would too, right? Like, like, come on, man. But sometimes you got to be a. Justin Gaethje is now the pretty girl at the prom, right? right? He's the pretty girl at the prom. Everybody wants a piece of her, and uh, Connor's calling his name. This was something he asked for for years and got ignored, right? Got big league. So now he's trying to do the same thing. But no, Connor has not lost his clout. Connor is uh, he's still the biggest star in mixed martial arts and. Extremely talented. And if he doesn't fight Justin Gaethje, whoever he fights is going to be a massive deal. And then eventually he'll fight the champ. But um, you have to take a lot of things at face value. But good for Justin, right? Good for Justin playing the game. Like, all these guys now seem to understand the game, and he's playing the game with Connor. But I, I see what he's saying, though, right? Like, for years I was begging, I was asking you. But now it's so crazy that you're asking me. Right. So you've lost a little bit of that that shine that you may have had, but that's not the truth at all. But then in the next breath, he says, after I beat Habib, I'll defend my title against him. Well, then if the guy's no cloud, like, you this gotta, is your you chance. Pick, you gotta pick a, you got to pick a path and stay on it. You can't, you can't straddle the line. I took a lot of heat last week when I said, July 11th, if they could figure it out, the fight to make is Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 3. And if you sell it the right way, DC, if you sell it the right way, that the greatest rivalry, arguably, in the history of this sport, right? To me, there's two in the discussion. There's you and Jones, Conor and, and Nate. In terms of the money generated, the buildup, the heat, all that stuff. Those are the top two. And the and, skill. It has to have skill. Like, sure, of course. Rivalry, these rivalries can't be just about the buildup and everything. you got to have extremely talented, skilled guys. And I think that's but, where those, those rivalries fit in. Imagine you sell it that the third installment will happen no holds barred, 
empty arena, apex. You can hear the smack talking. You can hear all that. What's better than that right now? No? Fight Island. No. Listen, let me tell you why. Think about this. Think about this. Hey, listen. All right. Let me set the stage. Let me set the stage. Oh, my goodness. You're going to love this. I don't think I will. All right. You're going to. Ali versus Frazier. Three. Yeah. Let's do it in Vegas. Let's do it at the MGM Grand. It's the, the home of fighting. It's the, you know, no, Ali has a vision. Let's do it in Africa. We're going to call it the rumble in the jungle, right? Let's make the environment a part of the fight. So let's go Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz three. We do it on Fight Island, right? Now the environment. It's too bougie. Too no, bougie. the environment is now part of the the fight. It's like. You're on a deserted you're on a deserted island, right? The two most you you build it like this. You got two guys that'll fight anytime, anywhere. They just want a piece of each other. They're willing to go and fight on an island just to end their rivalry. It becomes a part of I mean, could you imagine first take? Oh, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz three has just been announced for Fight Island in July. Ariel. I'm not convinced Fight Island's a real thing unless you know something Island, I don't. Fight Island is a real thing, but Ariel. Yes. That's a big deal. Put those two dudes fighting anywhere. Oh, God, the poster. Anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Diaz McGregor, Fight Island. Oh, I think that was actually the tagline for the second one, to be honest. Any weight, anywhere, anytime, something like that. Then anytime, any place, Diaz, uh, McGregor versus Diaz 3, Fight Island. Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. That's the one. That's the one. Okay, is you that the matchup? You don't. I think it's the matchup okay. because if Habib's fighting Gaethje in September, yeah. Connor fights in, in in July versus Big Nate. Nasty Nate in the third fight. This is the this is the one. This is it's the only one that makes absolute sense on Fight Island. I'm worried though that we won't hear the smack talking. I want to hear the smack talking in between we'll rounds. The, why would you not hear the smack talking on? I don't know. There's a lot of birds in the sky. Look at your house. You hear the birds all the time, right? The waves crashing. God, stop this slap. <laughs> you don't want this. Hey, like, like, could you wave crash? Stop the slap. Boom, McGregor left hand. Boom. You can still hear it all. Yeah, still, I'm, dude. Fight Island. McGregor Diaz is. That's what needs to happen. Of course, Fight Island's great, but I'm just not convinced it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I'm not sure what's less real, Fight Island or Zufa Boxing. Yeah, you're you're a bit of a hater at times. Whoa. <laughs> you're just being a hater right now. <laughs> Fight Island. Listen, hey, I know they're selling T-shirts I, right now, but... I think Fight Island happens, and I also think Zufa Boxing happens. Oh, stop. First card headline by Mike Tyson. Oh, really? <laughs> First yeah, card right. headline by Mike Tyson. Listen, there's a better chance of a Hawani boxing card headline by Mike Tyson than a Zufa boxing card headline by Mike Tyson. Fight Island, I could give you. How much would you want to bet that? Well, I mean, now I feel like you know something I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to bet anything. (laughs) To be honest, you want to tell us something? No, I don't. Fight Island. Fight Island. Okay, I'll say this. The fact that you're so confident about this makes me think something's up here. No, it's nothing's up. I'm just saying that's what I would love to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't okay, know. would you rather fight Stipe Fight Island or Apex? I'd like to fight in the Apex. <laughs> Why? After all that? 
It might be hot on Fight Island. <laughs> you imagine how hot it is at Fight Island? <laughs> you guys think about this. I get tired, bro. Like, I got tired in the last fight. I'm right. going to get tired this time. Like, I don't want to be hot while I'm tired. Like, exhausted. Sweaty. Plus, I got to wrestle, right? Diaz mm-hmm. and McGregor are going to stand there. I'm going to wrestle. So when I'm wrestling, this Stipe will just be sliding all out of my hands and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'd rather fight at the apex. Also, you might get a sunburn, right? I don't get black people don't get sunburned that much, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> Again, you show that you don't have any black friends. What? You don't get sunburned all that much? With the sun, what? We don't I get mean, sunburned really, man. Like, what you, you don't put suntan about? lotion on? No, bro. I don't put suntan lotion on ever. Never? In my life, I've never put suntan lotion <laughs> on in my life. What? Not once. No. What? You my don't want to get. Oh, so there I you go. go. My kids are mixed, though. Wow. They're not black, like just black. Like so just if you're hundred percent black, parents are black, you don't put suntan lotion. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Dogness, Kamara Usman has never put suntan <laughs> lotion on, dog. Israel Asanya has never worn suntan lotion. They don't wear suntan lotion. Wow. You your There's skin no can still get damaged from the sun. You know, I don't I don't know exactly why we don't get that messed up from the sun. But okay. like me, because I'm a little bit more, you know, lighter skin, like I'll, maybe my nose will peel a little bit, but it's nothing. It's you nothing what can, like what you experience. Like, you know what could fix that? Suntan lotion. Yeah. I'm not putting suntan lotion on my body, dog. Who, who wants to be the only black guy on the beach with suntan lotion? Come on, man. I ain't wearing that. <laughs> suntan lotion. Uh, I'd rather man. deal with the peeling than be the only guy on the beach with suntan lotion. <laughs> I, can see I might as well wear a t-shirt at the beach I might as well wear a t-shirt at the beach though. Wait what's wrong with that I wear a t-shirt at the beach all you the time You wear a t-shirt at the beach <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> What's wrong with that you I wear a t-shirt, t-shirt in yes. the pool too What do you mean of course You wear a t-shirt in the pool <laughs> Come on man <laughs> Not in the bus. <laughs> Not in the pool. I take it off as I go in, but I wear it around the pool. I got a friend named Cliff that wears his t-shirt in the pool, dog. He doesn't take his shirt off. Those are the worst. I don't know why people, people do that. Yeah. You know those people? You know those people? I, I know those people, yes. I mean, you I feel like there's a... People? No, you I'm not one of those people. people. But I will wear it at the beach for sure. No, man. When you get to the beach, you take your t-shirt off. You just walk, sit around. No, I can't do that. That feels uncomfortable. Why? Too much skin, yeah. The sand's all dirty, germs and stuff. Oh, you gotta chill. Like, don't go to the beach then. If you're germ, you're such a then don't go to the beach. If you can't enjoy it, I'm allowed to. I do enjoy it. My wife says I. I wear this is what I wear on the beach. I wear t-shirt shorts. I wear running shoes, socks. I wear a backpack. <laughs> she gets so mad at me. <laughs> Can you take your backpack off? Can you take your backpack off? Come on. Can what you, you take your backpack for? I don't know. I just I like to have things at the ready. You know, what if my kid needs something, some water? You know, I like to be prepared. You know, I put my phone in there, the charger. You know, the AirPod. <laughs> She's like, could you just take it easy for a second? And I can't walk around with the backpack and no shirt. That's just ridiculous. That's yeah. not ridiculous. Oh, then if you insist really on wearing a backpack, then you might as well just wear it with no T-shirt, man. Oh, you got to do no. something. You got to make a choice at some point. Well. The good news choice. is I won't have to make that choice this year because none of us are going swimming, right? Unless you have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, shout out to the great Kevin Randleman, right? Ohio oh. State's own legendary wrestler, oh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. So Before we go, you have any Kevin Randleman stories for us? 
I don't really know Kevin, but okay. I, I remember watching him and and all those things. But he, he he I was happy to see Kevin going to the Hall of Fame. That's a big deal, big deal for him and all those guys that were at Hammer House. Like I know when we started fighting, he kind of as a wrestler wanted to be part of Hammer House. You know, right. and, you know, and it's good to see him going to the Hall of Fame. And and you could tell how much it meant to Coleman, who's uh who was his uh, in- mentor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice. I mean, kind of heartbreaking to see him in the back, but uh, cool that he was there to corner yeah. uh, Matt Brown. So which, I'm happy. By the way, which by the way, yeah, right. Can I please add something. Matt Brown fighting out of where? Where does Matt Brown fight? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Right? Like, I mean, Matt Brown trained and went to fight. Matt Brown had a way to train and fight. So, <laughs> you know, what are you trying to say? For those champ. that may okay, come on, right, champ, come on. Matt Brown was able to fight. Matt Brown was able to train. So, come on, champ. Like it's it's, it's possible. It's very possible. So, time to go. Nothing's changed though, right, on that front. I hope that I hear something this week. We'll okay. know something hopefully a little more definitive this week. The champ said last week that they were locking down a training situation. Okay, and for the heavyweight champ of the world with the money that he has in Ohio. It's so much cheaper to live. Um, at this point, he could have probably built his own gym in a week. That's how quickly things happen when you have money, especially when you live in Ohio. So, yeah, he should have a place to train at this point. All right. So we shall uh, find out about that next week. Good uh, good way to end. We, we've got a couple uh, minutes over here. Corporate Jake is sweating. Dare I say, it's like getting uh, 13 pieces of uh, chicken wings in a 12-pack. <laughs> Hey, when he said that, I was like, oh, man, I love when that happens. <laughs> everybody's, like, everybody's like, everybody's like, I thought DC would have given you a bigger reaction, but my mind went right to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is the best thing. Like when you get a couple extra pieces of chicken wings, you're like, that's a great thing. That great is a great morning. feeling. It was interesting that he mentioned that to you. You know, he, he, he knew you would relate. He knows I love the cake, the cake, the chicken and the cake, you know, like. DC, it's been <laughs> We shall end on that note. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know what to expect next week. I mean, now we've gone no headphones. Uh, and the no last mic- dance. What about the, we, we missed the we, last dance. We missed the last dance. Yeah, yeah, well, they t- can for next week. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, Michael, the Michael Jordan conversation, it, it, it never is old. So we can go a week past when it ended and still discuss it. Listen, I'm ready to go two hours. Uh, we're, we're taking small steps here. Soon we'll be on TV. We'll be kind of carrying this network and radio and digital and all they that stuff. But they, 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 they've got to understand that we're coming. We're but you should see. I mean, Corporate Jake gets really mad because increasingly as the show goes on, then he starts writing to me in all caps. He has his rap, all caps. Then he, then he adds an exclamation point, and then it gets oh, really oh, serious. Oh, yeah, oh. so we've reached that point. Okay. Uh, I want to thank uh, Modelo Especial for... Uh, helping us out. Want to thank Ancestry DNA, Corporate Jake, TST in the back over there. Uh, uh, DC having some nuts right now on the way out in his, uh, are you eating nuts? Yeah, you're eating nuts in your mouth. So, uh, things are good for Daniel Corbier. Things are good for Ariel Hawani. Things are good for all of us. We appreciate all of you watching, subscribing, listening, reviewing, commentating. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here.